it's Brace for Impact, and I'm your host, Mike Gilbert, and I'm on the road this week. I, I am uh, doing a podcast in my pickup truck, uh, which is something I've never done before, but hey, we gotta, we all got to learn on the fly. And I'm joined, as always, by J.D. By God, Oliva, how you doing, J.D.? I'm really good. This is like one of those uh, Lee Marshall on the road things. You should make like uh, some bad jokes for Bobby Heenan right now. <laughs> yeah, Stagger, Stagger Lee on on the road, man. Stagger Lee Marshall. Uh, yeah, so we're uh, we're up in the Bay Area. We're visiting family, and what we did was is we took um, our camper. We bought a camper uh, last year, about a year ago, and uh, we we wanted to buy that so that way we could just drive a hotel instead of just trying to find different hotels that'll let us bring our animals and things like that. So we have that. I'm out here at the campground. Uh, there's no Wi-Fi, even though on the advertisement they said, yeah, there's Wi-Fi. Um, but then in the fine print, no guarantee of signal. So I'm like, Oh, that's great. So, <laughs> sure. so, uh, we're, we're doing it. We're just, just with my cell phone out here and I'm sitting in the pickup truck. So what they mean is you could actually provide your own Wi-Fi with your own hotspot. The, uh, ba- basically, yeah. So my, uh, my camper comes geared with a, a Wi-Fi thing, but I have to have something else installed to it to get it to work. And I'm like, Oh shit, I didn't know that. So, uh, we're, we're all learning as we go, man. But how, how are you, man? You were, uh, you had a big tournament last week. That's why you were off the show. We did. And I have another one tomorrow. This, um, Illinois wrestling does things weird. We have our individual tournament and then we have our team state tournament, which is like dual meets. So last week we had our individual tournament. We had 12 state qualifiers out of 14 weight classes. We had seven state place winners. We broke our school record, second most for a public school in history. Um, we had yeah, seven place winners, two finalists, one champion. I think we had a first, a second, two thirds, a fourth, a fifth, and a sixth. Oh, wow. Yeah. So in this week, tomorrow. Man, you guys killed it. Yeah, tomorrow we have our we start our dual team state tournament. We're uh, we're ranked number one going in, but the team who's ranked number two is actually ranked ahead of us in the national rankings. So, uh, should be interesting, man. Should be real fun. So my I am totally scatterbrained right now. For the last two weeks, all I've thought about is high school wrestling. So yeah, so I, I take it you didn't watch No Surrender. <clears throat> no. no i did not have i didn't have time to watch no surrender i i mean all i did was i coached like 60 matches last weekend oh wow i'm i was cross-eyed by the end of the weekend i actually followed on twitter though um after like uh like during like in the aftermath of the show and it came it sounded like it was a heck of a broadcast bro i so i this is not hyperbole i i'm not just trying to pick up new friends and new followers here uh you know, not not as good as Hard to Kill. I thought Hard to Kill was hard better. Although, although um, the guy from the the Pro Wrestling Torch, uh, Greg, said that it was better than Hard to Kill, which I I, I disagree with. But I'm like, hey, that's a great compliment. Um, I, I think it was probably the second best uh, show that I that I've seen from Impact since I've been covering it. Um, and it's definitely the best Impact Plus special that I, I've ever seen. So, um, you know, you know, their monthly, their monthly app only specials. It's the best one that I've ever seen that they've done. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm hearing. Um, can I take my victory lap? Yes. Yes. Take it. Uh, please do so, sir. Eddie Edwards is a traitor and I called it <laughs> week one. Yeah. So yeah, I just wanted to, I just want to make sure the brace for impact faithful know that I was right the whole time. Yeah. Hey, if uh, he, you hear taps playing in the background, I promise nobody died on this military base on Travis Air Force Base. They play taps every night at nine o'clock. So 
uh, other bases, it's 10 here. It's nine. I don't know why it's nine here, but, and I'm outside right now. So <laughs> I, I apologize. I love how different a life you lead than I do. That is <laughs> so damn cool. Um, yeah. It just, it just means it's time to go to sleep everybody. But I guess at Travis, uh, they go to sleep at nine. So, huh. so yeah. you're on, are you on the road for moving now? Or are you just on the road for a vacation yeah. at the moment? So we're, you know, we're going to Hawaii and um, we wanted to come up and spend a week with family before we're gone for the next three years. Cause we don't know how often we're going to get to come back home. So um, we're, we're going to try to make it at least once a year, but you know, we're used to more family time than that. And uh, so we, we, we came up and we decided to go ahead and spend a week up here. Uh, my, all, all my wife's family is here. So okay. um, we, we've got a lot of visiting in. and we have really close friends that are here too. So, so um, what are you gonna do with that camper for three years? Uh, we're going to store it at a family member's uh, house with my oh, truck. Good idea. Good so, idea. Yeah, you can't, my, you can't get those things to Hawaii. No, 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 not, not unless I want to spend about as much money as I paid for the camper. It would cost me that much to get it to Hawaii. No. Um, but the, the good news is, is that we're going to sort it at a family member's house. So when we do come home to visit, we have our hotel I, and my truck's going to be there too. So they'll come get us. I'll pick up my truck, my camper, and then we'll, we'll go find a place to stay. So you're going to rent a car when you're out there. Is that the plan? Are you going to lease something? How are you going to do that? Uh, so uh, the military is going to pay to have my wife's Jeep uh, shipped out there. So we'll have one car. Um, and then while I'm there, I'll get like a little beater, like a little daily driver, something like that. That's not so bad. That's no, no, not, not bad at all. Yeah. Pretty. Yeah. But, um, oh, so yeah, but back, oh, back to more, those, sorry. One more thing. One more thing. One more thing. Yeah. One more thing. Kiss my yeah. ass for moving to Hawaii. I just wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everybody, I got heat with everybody over that, man. <laughs> you do. You do. It sucks. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, but, but back to, back to no surrender. I, I strongly JD, I know you're, you're pressed for time and you're probably backed up on wrestling watching as it is. I would, I would make it a point to watch that. If you get a chance, uh, I encourage all the listeners and, because a lot of people that listen to us are not, um, they're not, some of them are not even impact fans. They just like the show. Um, and so I, if you're one of those people, I encourage you to go ahead and watch no surrender on the impact plus app. Um, I thought it was a fantastic show. And I also encourage you, if you're listening to this podcast for free on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, um, to stick around because at the end of this episode that you're listening to right now, you're actually going to get my, my hot take review that I had recorded on Sunday morning, uh, the morning after No Surrender. I did a solo show um, because my schedule was a bit wonky. So um, I did a solo show. It was exclusive to the Patreon. Well, we decided to go ahead and give it to everybody for free. We're just going to tack it on to the end of this episode. Uh, Patreon uh, subscribers, if you're listening to this, don't worry. You've already heard that show, so it's just going to be normal business as usual. But for the free folks, uh, we're going to tack that on to the end of this episode. Well, sweet, because I haven't even heard it yet. Yes, uh, it will move up. It also moves up in my list of stuff to watch quickly because Noah just put the GHC belt on Ironhead Fujita, mm-hmm. and I've lost interest. Yeah, I do. I was actually going to watch that match because I was like, oh, you know, Fujita can barely move and he's yeah. in his late 50s. Um, but Nakajima can have a good match with anybody. And then when I saw that Fujita won, I was like, OK, I don't want to watch. Now. So. That's that's how I feel. I'm like, oh, so we have this really cool, really over champion that's making people interested in the product. So, of course, of course, it's time to take that belt off him and put another yeah. old man that didn't move, that can't move at all. So, you know, that's yeah. Noah. Yeah, gotta gotta love Noah. But hey, um, you know we we had we had another uh, strong episode tonight, uh, story driven episode, I would say, uh, like we had a few weeks ago. Um, uh, BTI, let's talk BTI. Ace Austin and Speedball Mike Bailey defeated Trey Miguel and Jake Something. Um, 
I'm, I'm actually going to go back and watch that. Yeah. You know, I saw that. I saw the clip on the show this week and I went, well, that's interesting for a BTI match. I'm intrigued by this whole speedball ace Austin thing. It's less than a lot longer than I thought it would. And it seems to build more to a Jake something Trey Miguel match. So I'm color me interested in this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm very excited about Miguel versus Jake at uh, no surrender or not. I'm sorry. At sacrifice. And I, you know, if ace and speedball are going to have a one-on-one count me in for that one too, man, that should be awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm game. Yeah. So we get into impact. Um, the opening video, I thought the opening video package to this show was tremendous. They, they stepped their game up kind of going through the history of Eddie Edwards and impact wrestling all the way up into the moment where he turned, uh, he betrayed the company. I, I thought they did a very good job. And uh, as Don Callis uh, told Lance Storm on Twitter, that the guy who did it is uh, Eric Tompkins. Uh, Lance Storm, who works for Impact, quote tweeted the video and said, I don't know who did this, but it's very good. And uh, Don Callis goes, <laughs> he goes, his name is Eric Tompkins, Stormbot. Learn the people you work with. So I thought to, that was pretty funny. To be fair, Lance just got there and probably <laughs> yeah. hasn't had a chance to meet everybody yet. And the man lives, no. in, the man lives in Calgary, dramatic pause, Alberta, Canada. So cut him some right. slack. Right. Well, yeah, I, I just think Callis is always, uh, you know, roasting Storm on Twitter. It's always That's, pretty fun. So. That is all Callis does on Twitter anymore. Yeah, because he doesn't. Apparently, he's not in wrestling anymore. He just roasts people on Twitter. Is he? What is he doing right now? Is he just? Well, Kent, o- Omega's out for the foreseeable future, so he's just chilling, I guess. You heard that uh, that Wrestling Observer interview with him and get with uh, Kenny, Dave, and Garrett, right? Oh yeah, very good. Yeah, yeah. very good, very good. Kenny, Kenny's yeah. messed up, man. Yeah, he's going to be out for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, Impact World Champion Moose comes down to the ring to open the show. Uh, Moose had defeated Morrissey at No Surrender. Uh, again, very good match. So please go out of your way to watch that one. Uh, Moose talked about being the most dominant champion, improving it month after month. But after No Surrender, everyone was just talking about Eddie Edwards. Uh, Eddie Edwards is getting more shine than Moose. Moose said that it was him and him that made Ed- Edwards relevant to begin with. And if not for beating for the beating he gave him at Turning Point, Edwards wouldn't have changed. He said the same was the case with uh, Josh Alexander. Mentioned him there. Uh, that's going to be a theme in this show. Um, and he said the same was uh, for Matt Cardona, who turned heel on Jordan Grace. And while he was addressing W. Morrissey, Heath, of all freaking people, I didn't get it. Uh, Heath came out. Um, and then he said that Edwards uh, joining on No More was no joke. Um, now they have a serious problem. And basically, Heath was just mad that, um, that Moose was uh, not taking this whole thing seriously, only thinking about himself and not being the leader that the company needs. And so he is challenging Moose so that way he can become the leader of Impact Wrestling and uh, become the champion there. So um, thoughts on the opening segment? Segment was fine um, until Heath showed up and then I stopped caring. And then it continued as one. I mean, I'm sorry. Heath's fine for a mid-card performer. But I mean, like, can I take this seriously? At all? Like, I mean, uh, so I saw someone in the chat saying this is just more of of Scott protecting Moose. And I, I, okay, I'm fine with that. If you're going to make it the main event for the show. Yeah, yeah. Right? Or (laughs) next week on Impact. Like, if you're seriously trying to draw my interest, that's what a draw is. You draw interest. You draw money. And if you, I I have zero interest in that as an actual draw. Like, not not even a little bit. No, Impact would never, like, there's. This is like when uh, when Hulk Hogan would wrestle like Sika on like on uh, Saturday night's main event. Like mm-hmm. you knew there was no hope of that ever happening. Like this is 
Yeah, you just wanted to see you just wanted to see Hulk do the right. leg drop on somebody. Right. That's right. it. And then there's going to be an angle afterwards. And you were curious as to what the fallout was. Like this is, I can't express how not interested I am in this. Yeah. So and somebody was like, "Well, well, maybe they're they're building up Heath." And I'm like, "When's the last time he's got a win?" No. Honestly, I, I don't know the last person he beat in a singles match. I I, I really don't know. I'm not I'm not trying to be a jerk. He returned no, to Bound for Glory. He he returned to Bound for Glory at Turning Point. They him and Rhino lost to Violent by Design, and then he I I have not I haven't seen I don't I couldn't tell you one singles match he's had since then. No. So. And I get, I get what Heath is trying to do, right? I get what Heath, Heath is, you know, upset with Moose and not being a leader. But what makes him think that he can be that leader? And and what makes Scott Demore think that's a good idea to put this guy in the match? Um, yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe, you know, hey, Zicky Dice got a world title shot, you know, a few weeks ago on um, the show. On the show, right? So maybe, maybe it is this. But this is a show that people are paying for, right? And I and I, and I get that it's you know, probably on the small, you know, the lower scale of importance because it is two weeks after the other one. And we're really just getting the road to uh, rebellion going on. I get it. But when people are paying money, in my opinion, there's no such thing as a throwaway show. So, and your world title should be protected. If you didn't have a match for him, don't have him have a match. Um, and, you know, yeah. Rhino would Rhino would have made more sense in this spot. Oh, to, to me, um, to me, Chris Saban or Rich Swan both have victories over Moose. They make yeah. more sense. Yeah, Chris, Chris um, Saban actually makes the most sense in my opinion. Yeah, I, or yeah. or Swan because Swan's former world champion. I could see either of those, but Heath. I mean, come on. I mean, come, Heath. Yeah. Well, and what they're doing is they're telling me that this company has no baby faces right now. Um, Ooh, also I, true. I think they have one on the way though, which we'll, we'll get into more later, but um, yeah. So I, I thought that Moose was, was strong and everything that he did. I just, Heath coming out. I just didn't feel it. I didn't, uh, I don't believe it. Um, and it seemed like they're just doing a guy a favor uh, backstage team impact asked Heath to join them to fight uh, honor. No more. Demore stopped him and told him that uh, honor. No more won, and they deserve to be there. Uh, he said that whatever they want to do, they have uh, to wait for the six-man tag match and that no one can get their hands on Eddie Edwards. However, Rhino gets Eddie Edwards and sacrifice one-on-one. So there you go. So that's the next match that's been uh, announced. Um, Demore then welcomed Honor No More, but asked why Edwards wasn't with them. And Taven told them that uh, Edwards would r- arrive on his own because he knew that the Impact locker room was out to get him. Moose approached the group and threatened them uh, to not get in his way nor come after the Impact title, or there will be problems. Uh, and then Demore said he was disappointed that Moose didn't have a problem with uh, Honor No More. So he booked Moose versus Heath for sacrifice. So that, that was a lot to happen in just a couple-minute period, all in backstage segments, but um, there you go. Scott gets really worked up about people fighting backstage, right? Except for the people right. that actually fight backstage. Yeah. yeah. Like, nothing happens when people fight. Like, you guys want to fight? Fine, we'll have a match. But you guys aren't allowed to fight that person backstage, or I'm going to get angry and fire you. Like, this whole thing is either badly booked or leading somewhere. And I'm not sure at the moment which it is. I'm still leaning towards Demore is on Moose's side. I am, too, because, like, it's hardly a punishment booking him in a match with a guy who hasn't won a singles match, right? Right. But it's just it's time to shit or get off the pot with this, in my opinion. Like, I think we've beat this out long enough. Let's, uh, let's go. Somewhere. Yeah. Let's move. I think, I think we need to hurry up and get, uh, Alexander's visa issues squared away like ASAP. 
Hey, lots going, lots going on in the world right now. Visa issues might become, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we don't want to get into all that. Uh, digital media champion Matt Cardona defeated Jordan Grace in a dot combat match to retain a, the title. I was so ready to shit on this. I really was. <laughs> me too. Me too. Oh man. Can I can I give you my hot take? Go ahead. Go ahead. Greatest digital media championship match ever. And it's not even close. No, I it loved, isn't. I loved everything about it. Me too. I was so ready to shit all over this thing. And then Jordan yeah. dumped out the bag of cell phones. I'm like, you know what? This is fucking great. Sorry. Yeah. I was, this is great. I, you know, when, when they announced it ahead of time, like the name dot combat match, it made me mad only because I <laughs> laughed at it. And I was like, I'm above laughing at something like this, but I'm really not. And so like, it was like one of those things like, fuck, this is actually pretty fucking funny. It's, and it's, it's like, it, it's, it's Cardona's idea. Yeah. Oh, clearly, clearly yeah. Cardona's idea. It's like something <laughs> out of WCW in the year, like 1999, you know? Right. Well, it's, and then as the match continues, I was like, I, I felt like I was in a time warp and we were back in, you know, Orlando at the impact zone, watching some TNA. Cause that, that's, that's really what it reminded me of very much. And so much so because also because the crowd was really hot, they were you, real hot for this match. There weren't many people there, but they were actually hot for it. You know, I think the big difference between TNA and impact, right? Cause we have like distinctly different eras now, right? The impact show very rarely feels wild. Right. Like, and there's right. a lot of old TNA shows that felt like chaos and you'd be like, what is going on here? And it would just be like absolute madness. And we don't get that with impact. Right. And so it was kind of this did, this is a good, that's a good call. Mike, it's, it was like a real throwback to something from yesteryear. Yeah. And when I say there was like, you know, sometimes whenever I say it was a throwback to TNA, like that's an insult, right. but in this case it wasn't because like you were saying, TNA was very chaotic, unpredictable, and they had some downright ridiculous matches. A lot of them didn't work, mm -hmm. but a lot of them did. Mm -hmm. And this is one that did. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I was, uh, I'm not proud that I liked it. Like I'm above this, <laughs> but uh, it, you know, I, I really did. I was like cracking up the whole time. I was it, like, this is actually really good. It's like a sanitized GCW match kind of, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Just like, yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Like TNA, like one thing I like hearing on Jeff Jarrett talk about is how experimental they'd be. They would try things, you know, mm -hmm. they're like, we don't, they were trying to find mm -hmm. their identity and they would just throw stuff at the wall. A lot of times it didn't stick, but sometimes you get ultimate X, you know, this yeah. isn't, this isn't ultimate X by the way, but <laughs> no, no. it was fun. It was stupid. Yeah. Like, and I, I yeah. enjoyed it. it were, I, you know, I hate intergender. I, I should have hated everything about this and I didn't, I loved it. It was no. great. Yeah. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. So we'll, we'll go here towards the end. Uh, uh, Grace brought, brought out a bag of cell phones, just like there were thumbtacks, but as she did, Cardona attacked her with a computer mouse. Uh, Grace managed to block and turn it into a power bomb on the phones. Cardona came back with a chair. Grace tried to low blow him, but Cardona was wearing a cup, a bedazzled, bedazzled cup, cup that had his, they had his logo on it. Um, and then he, he tried to hit her with it and she blocked it and then hit him with a, with another low blow. Uh, but this time it worked cause his cup was out. Then she took the cup and did a socko with the cup, uh, which for a two count, this is hard to keep up with. Um, and then, uh, Cardona desperately pushed, uh, grace headfirst into the chair. So there's a chair, uh, wedged in between the middle and top rope, uh, threw her into the chair headfirst, rolled her up, put his, uh, had his arm on the ropes, holding the ropes uh, for the pin. He cheated and he didn't even have to because it was a no DQ, but that's Matt Cardona for you. 
Um, good, good match. I recommend everybody go check this craziness out. I can't, um, fig- I can't figure out what's more lun- what's more insane. The fact that Jordan Grace bumped for a piece of plastic, like the mouse, like she's mm. full out bumped, or the fact that Matt Cardona had a bedazzled cup on his face, like he was a Morton Joe from uh, Mad Max. <laughs> Yes, I like that they they compared it to Mr. Sacco because Mr. Sacco was also stupid. Yes. Um, and so this whole thing, it's dumb, but it's like it's pro wrestling and dumb is part of pro wrestling. And I, I laughed. And so, like, if you're going to do something really stupid, you yeah. have to make me laugh or I'm going to hate it. And mm-hmm. they they worked. It worked. So what they did was great. Car- I love that we're getting the, the good Cardona now in impact. Like this is oh, this yeah. is what you do with Matt Cardona. You put a cup on his face. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, inf- the influence met backstage about Caleb costing Dashwood her match and no surrender. Inspiration interrupted them and said that they were uh, excited to finally be able to wrestle them. They defended Caleb after Madison Rain was being rude to him. The altercation ended with Lee slapping Rain, which Caleb broke up. Rain challenged Lee to a match next week. Um, so, yeah, th- this, you know, this was okay. What'd you think? Um, I feel like we've seen the same segment now. I've got missed last week's show, right? Because I was busy. And I feel like this yeah. hasn't progressed at all in, in like a month now. And I feel like I've seen the same segment multiple times. Like it's well, again, time to move this on a little bit. Yeah, they, they keep postponing the match, but they finally, they have a book for sacrifice, which is um, next weekend. So hopefully they get that match and then they can just, you know, get rid of this feud forever. So okay, I'm going to make this joke. There's a 33 and a 30% chance that match actually happens at sacrifice. But yeah, yeah. Well, if I think that it, hopefully enough of them have, you know, immunity built up with all the different COVID protocols they've been going through. So, um, oh, we don't care anymore. Don't you know? Haven't you gotten the note? COVID. Oh, yeah. We've moved on to other <laughs> yeah. things. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jim Miller interviewed Jake something <laughs> about losing on BTI against Austin and Bailey. Uh, something was about to answer when Trey Miguel interrupted him and said that they, uh, looked well out there and that he shouldn't feel bad. Something told him that he was uh, he was only disappointed, but he was still focused on the X Division title. And he was a double the size of Miguel, size shaming. Uh, and he didn't need anyone's pity, only Miguel's fear. And then I uh, walked off. I thought something sounded pretty cool here. Yeah, decent promo. Like, it was fine. Yeah. It worked. Yeah. Um, Brian Myers comes out and now he's got his own commentary table. Gosh, God, didn't, I, I didn't WWE. Yeah, didn't WWE do something similar with a JR? Was it like a it was a JR heel turn back in '96 yeah. or something like that? Yeah, yeah, they yeah. did it with JR. They might have done it with somebody else too. I, I can't. I I think Michael Cole did something similar I too. But I right, I think Cole did yeah. something with like like similar to this. It's um, it's not original, but it's been a while since I've seen it, so I'm okay with it. Yeah. So we got Bupinder Gujar. Uh, he defeated John Skyler in an okay match. That um. That the ma- the match was fine. I still think this Gujar kid looks pretty good. I think they um, oversell him on commentary a little bit. Like he's got they, something, but they like they make a really big deal out of him for being they're, they're, okay. I, it's because I think they're trying to build this kid. But uh, if they're gonna if they're gonna build him, then he doesn't need to be going. You know, ten minutes with uh, John Skyler. Go who has, three. Who hasn't won a match on this show? I believe. No, and he, you know, Skyler, he's built like a fire hydrant. He seems like a wrestler from 1974. He does. You know what I mean? Just kind of a kind of a shorter, chubbier guy, but it's still a good wrestler. Don't get me wrong. I'm not yeah. trying to, you know, I'm not trying to shit on the guy, but no, he, he's he he's not a he's not a star. He's there to get beat up. And right. so Gujar should have just destroyed him if they're trying to build the guy. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, so I, I thought Myers was a he was pretty funny on commentary because he was so bad. 
uh, they would the show steals. Yeah, the show. they they would cut to him and and uh, he would just do these stupid one liners and then they were like, "All right, thanks for that, Brian Myers." Um, <laughs> I, I I thought the whole thing was pretty funny. Uh, Gujar Gujar won with the spear off the middle rope, and then suddenly Morrissey walked out, uh, went straight for Brian Myers, took out Skyler on the way. Uh, but then when he went to choke slam Myers on the table, Skyler made the mistake of helping Myers, uh, allowing him to escape and becoming Morrissey's victim to a BQE through the table. So we now have to rebuild Morrissey because I know you didn't get to watch Morrissey and Moose had a hell of a match, man. It was, um, it was like, a it was like a Roman reigns Goldberg match, but for like 15 minutes, um, just tons of intensity, just big move, big move, lots of, um, lots of hard strikes. And then of course, Moose comes out with all the athleticism, um, that you don't see in the Goldberg and Roman Reigns matches with all the crazy moves that Moose can do, especially the stuff off the top rope. And, um, so I'm glad that it looks like he might be sticking around and they're going to try to rebuild him. Let me tell you what I loved about this. I thought that Skyler took one hell of a bump to the table. And what made that work to me was the fact that there was so much stuff on the table. So when the table collapsed, all this shit just went flying. And it reminded me of when Bret Hart went through the table. Right. Oh, yeah. It was one of the first times we saw that in, in mainstream pro wrestling in a long time. And Dude, made- you want to know how sick I am? That was Survivor Series 1995 and uh, Diesel did it, right? Yep, 100%. I wasn't going to get into the details, but you are spot on. 100% correct, my friend. Uh, Everything before 2000, my memory is perfect. Anything after that, it's all dead. Amen. There's a reason for that. Um, (laughs) Because a lot of the stuff after 2000 was bad. No, uh, yeah. so but what I loved about that was how they kept the uh, the tarp on the table, right? They kept the black drape on it, and all the stuff went flying in the monitors, and it, it was very similar to this here. So we're used to table spots, but we're not used to table spots with lots of shit on the table, and it looked really cool tonight. I'm like, man, that was a memorable table spot. I really liked it. So kudos to them on that. Yeah, yeah, I thought the whole thing was good. Uh, Steve Macklin cut a promo that he didn't care about Edwards, uh, what Edwards had to say, but he had a problem that for weeks he kept putting the blame on Macklin that he was a traitor. Uh, he challenged Edwards to a match next week. I don't know that we're actually getting that match. We'll we'll see. Oh, that would be bad. Yeah, um, I, yeah, I I don't know that uh, I don't know that he actually challenged him to a match. I think he said he's just gonna confront him next week. So oh, oh I we'll see. That. I totally yeah. that as a match. Okay. Okay. I, I yeah I don't know. It says right here in uh, Garza's report that he challenged him, but I what I saw was that he was going to confront him next week. So we'll oh. we'll see. Maybe there is a match. I don't know. I haven't seen anything announced though. Um, Maybe, maybe there's a match. Well, we'll look into it. Um, AAA Reina Duranas champion, Deanna Perrazzo, uh, defeated Lady Frost to retain her title. So she did her champ champ challenge. Frost was the, uh, the challenger there, and she chose to, uh, to challenge for the Reina Duranas championship. And so we'll, we'll go to the end here. Frost rolled Perrazzo, but the ladder kicked out, rolled into the Venus de Milo, and tapped out Frost for the win. Um, this is her second defense of the Reina's Duranas title. So, or Reina Duranas, sorry, uh, title. Triple A women's title. It's so much easier. Just Triple A women's title. What's this other stuff? Come on. Um, but anyway, I thought this was a good match. Um, I, I, I like Lady Frost. If I had one critique of her, it's like, hey, if you're going to sell a knee injury, don't then do a bunch of handspring flippity doodahs uh, after your, your knees hurt and then go back to selling it. Just don't do that shit. Just fight with your hands, lady. But other than that, I thought it was a good match. Got to get your shit in, right? We got a, yeah. lot of, a lot of people that still think that. One critique I had was I think it takes her a long time to set up that moonsault from the apron. Like, yeah, it looked like Deanna was waiting. It was like, come on, come on. Yeah. Like it, that, that's where I, uh, I that's where the editing could have helped her out a little I, bit. <laughs> I agree with you on that. They got to protect them a little bit when the wrestlers fubble a little bit. You got to you got to cut some space out. But yeah, I just thought it was 
like it's a cool looking move, but I mean, like it just it takes a while to set it up. And I'm not a fan of like, you know, this is a typical Lucha stuff, too. Is sometimes it just takes a little while to set stuff up and, you know, it starts looking kind of bad. It wasn't awful, but she got to speed that up. if That's going to be a, a spot. Sure. Yeah. But otherwise, I thought it a very good match. Yeah, um, and then after the match, Giselle Shaw comes down with the most ridiculous sunglasses I've ever seen in my life. She had like a chain dangling down in front of her face it looked like one, uh, the chain should have been behind her head to keep the glasses on her head but it, that's not what it was does, i don't know doesn't everybody have like a chain in front of their face that they talk i mean i don't know i don't get yeah. giselle shaw right now um i'm not on board with this 100 percent as at the moment that's you know i missed last week so i'm not 100 percent sure what we saw from her then but so far i'm like kind of eh, on this maybe when she gets in the ring and she's awesome i'll change my mind but so far yeah me, you 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 missed her you missed her match last week which How was it? I thought it was pretty incredible really okay well yeah that's on me then yeah yeah I I, I um and uh, Kevin Ely oh uh, you know what I'm sorry I forgot to say this thanks to Kevin Ely from the Boom uh, Fight Game Media Zone Kevin Ely stepping in last week uh, he 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 agreed he thought it was uh, fantastic too so um yeah I I really she's a really good wrestler so uh, we just got to figure out what her story is and what the gimmick is. And why she's picking on Lady Frost? She already beat her. She beat her last week. So what's she doing? Okay, yeah. Like I said, I missed last week's show, so I will. Uh, I'll take the L on that if that's the case. Yeah, uh, buried in the mid card is a very good Jay White promo backstage about his upcoming match with Alex Shelley, who, um, as a lot of people know, was um, was his mentor in Ring of Honor. I guess uh, Jay White was like his understudy there whenever he was on excursion. Mm-hmm. Um, he said that his upcoming match with Alex Shelley is going to be strictly business, nothing personal. He said the same thing about turning on the Gorillas of Destiny. It was nothing personal, but they just didn't measure up to his standards for the betterment of the Bullet Club. And he said that he was the best leader the Bullet Club ever had. Uh, Anderson and Gallows kind of promo about being the best tag team ever and saying the Bullet Club originals and that the Bullet Club just didn't seem right without them in it. And now all is well in the world. Um, and then they were interrupted by Eric Young and Violet by Design and said that the whole deal that they had uh, when they were going to take out the Bullet Club was to get a shot at the tag team titles. Um, they had a deal, but because they're under new management now, the Good Brothers said they're under new management and you're not getting the title shot because Jay White nicks that idea. And then suddenly the G.O.D. show up and then there's a big brawl. Uh, and it looks like Violent by Design and G.O.D. are on the same side here. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. You mentioned earlier the lack of depth of the babyface department. And the last time I watched Impact, which was two weeks ago, Jay White cut one hell of a babyface promo. Oh, yeah. So, of course, then we turn him heel, which, again, it makes more sense. He's going to be healing. He's healing AEW. He's healing New Japan. I get it. But it just made me go, hmm, interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was like, I, I kind of like that he was a baby face in Impact. But I guess if you want to keep the synergy with the other brands, then you want to you want to turn him heel or keep keep. Or I guess keep him heel because when he came in, like he came in, he was actually attacking. Uh, he was attacking some of the undercard guys. And so he started off heel, but they knew that he was going to get cheered anyway. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's like, okay, we'll lean into this babyface stuff, but we gotta we gotta do have him do something bad to where we'll we'll uh, so we can get some booze. But uh, uh, I'm really looking forward to this Alex Shelley match coming yeah, up. Yeah, it's, it's gonna be really good. I'm I'm very excited, but it's very Ring of Honor-y. So I'm happy that uh, that we're gonna get that here. Yeah. What What do you think? So uh, I mean, this Honor No More stuff and Eddie Edwards totally um, on this show outshined the jay white god stuff but when you go to you know social media and like wrestling circles because there's so many new japan fans the god getting kicked out of the bullet club was the bigger story 
What, what are your thoughts on that? I think that's just a disconnect from the traditional impact fans and, and the, uh, the baseline IWC, if you will. Uh, mm-hmm. New Japan is very popular in the circles that we travel in online right like everyone we know is talking about new japan even when the company's down we're talking about new japan uh, they don't talk a lot about impact right and i think they're i think a lot of people are missing how great this final but this excuse me, this i don't know more feud is so uh i agree with you 100 i think that i don't know more has outshined bullet club tenfold since coming yeah I've, I've said that on this show but you know, here's what here's what Bullet Club brings to Impact, which is good: eyeballs, attention, and um, investment. There's previous investment from the social media wrestling world at large that you're yeah. pulling into Impact by just having Jay White and Bullet Club, and that's only good. Like, hopefully, everyone else gets on board with what else is going on in the company. Yep, totally agree. Uh, Jonah defeated Outlandish Zicky Dice. Um, Zicky has his own theme song now. It's actually pretty good. Uh, Jonah also has a theme song, and I don't think it's very good at all. But boy, did I get slammed when I said that. I got a lot of heat for that. And I was mm. like, I don't think, yeah. I'm with it you. just sounds like a bunch of muttering. <laughs> yeah, I don't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he uh, he hit the, or he uh, beat him with a powerbomb, and then after the match was over, he hit him with the tsunami. And then backstage, Gail Kim was pissed, told Jonah to stop attacking people after the match. And then Jonah asked for a real competition. So Gail Kim booked him against PCO at Sacrifice. That should be pretty interesting, actually. I'm on um, with that. Two monsters yeah. going at it. That should be a lot of fun. Hey, is Zicky I, ever going to win a match? And does it hurt the character more if he does? I, You know what? I, I think that um, I think that he could be a babyface for them eventually. He's such a stupid, lovable, kind of, you know, not the same scale, but kind of like a, they could probably bring him up as like this Eric Youngy type of uh, baby face where Eric Young was so stupid and lovable and was getting his ass kicked a lot. And then all of a sudden, you know, he got a lot of fan support. Maybe they can do something like that with uh, Zicky because um, I, you know, that he, he works really hard at everything outside of the ring. So I, I just don't get a chance to see what he can actually do inside of the ring. I have not seen a really good match from him because he hasn't been able to have one. So, so it's funny. You look at him and you see Eric Young. And I get where you're coming from. I look at him, and my first thought is, you know, he's carved nice little spotted. He could be like their Brooklyn brawler. Oh, yeah, yeah, I guess so. Um, but, you know, he he works so hard on his outfits, on his social media game. Yeah. Dude, he did. He promoted his own event, and he had like 300,000 viewers on Twitch. It's pretty I awesome. mean, the guy, yeah, the guy, the guy, you know, he's a self-starter. I, I just, I happen to be invested in guys like that. Mm-hmm. Um so I, I i hope the best for him but yeah maybe maybe one day he'll get a win i don't know um speaking of guy who loses all the time johnny swinger ran in and fucking was so funny man yeah yeah he, he ran after kim and, and uh, cut a promo that jonah wasn't going to make it to sacrifice because uh, he wanted uh, jonah in a rematch since he had been training with bill dundee because bill dundee's australian showed him the australian rules wrestling um, and he said, I got a demolition axe to grind with Jonah, which also killed me. Um, and then, uh, when <laughs> Gail Kim gave him the match, he flexed on her and he goes, he goes, yeah, baby, five D ball a day. I'm getting big. And, uh, <laughs> if you don't know what D ball is, it's a uh, Durana ball, right? Is that how he's Durana ball? Is it Durana ball or Diana ball? I could never, you know, Di- having... Diana, maybe it's Diana ball, but it's steroids. So yeah. just openly admitting to taking steroids. I love Her- that. <laughs> Hercules Hernandez said that in a promo once. 
He was like, I remember that he was opening like 10 cc's to die on a ball a day. It's like, yeah, <laughs> that's why you're dead. Um, no, uh, Swinger's the best, man. He's uh, like, I, when he talked about training with Bill Dundee, I absolutely lost it, man. Like, yeah, you've yeah, got to be a hardcore wrestling fan to get his shtick. But once you mm-hmm. do, it's, it's fantastic. It's I, you, you and I might have been the only guys watching that knew exactly who Bill Dundee was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, probably, but that's okay. Sometimes I feel like swingers only for me. Like I really feel like listening to this stuff. I'm like, this is like the JD Oliva portion of the show, right? Because I know some people watch him, and even if they do know who Bill Dundee is, they're mad that he's using these insider references. But I'm like, you don't. That's the character. That's the character. That's why he's, it's funny, right? Impact is not WWE. This is a super niche, niche, niche audience. There's not that many people watching. You can get away with stuff like that here. It, it won't work in other companies. It only works here. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. Yep. Uh, yep. Uh, Mickey James and Chelsea Green met with Kale Kim to request a title match between James and Green. You know, typically you just bump into each other backstage and get the match that you want. But here, but they're, they're going through a whole thing. Um, I Tasha Ch- Steele. Chelsea just needs to play her music. Yeah. That's all you need. Just play your music and come out and they have to give you a title shot. That's also New Japan I- rules. Yeah. Well, I'm, that's kind of what Heath did. Heath just kind of mm-hmm. showed up and said some mean things. And the next thing you know, uh, they're doing it. Um, Tasha Steeles and Savannah Evans interrupted uh, and claimed that Green hasn't actually done anything to earn a shot, which has got a point there. Right. Um, <laughs> but Kim did bring up the technicality that Green defeated uh, James by DQ some weeks ago. Uh, Steele said that James only won at no surrender because Green interfered, which is also true. So she deserved a rematch. Gail Kim booked Steeles versus Green next week in a number one contendership. Uh, winner facing James at sacrifice. Green told James to stay in the back next week. So Ta- yes, Green's going to do it by herself. Tasha is one of those characters in a sitcom that does nothing but point out how incredibly stupid and ridiculous everyone else around them is. And they're the voice of reason. That's and she's Tasha, always right. That's that's what I'm saying. Like, that's yeah. Tasha Steeles. She is constantly, she's, it's like a sitcom character. She's constantly pointing out to the audience all the stupid stuff going on. And we're like, yes, you are correct. She's the heel but she's possibly one of the most sympathetic heels in all of wrestling because she just tells the truth. Mm-hmm. Also next week, bullet club versus G O D and violent by design. So we're going to get a four That's on a four there. That's yeah. Madison rain versus Cassie Lee, Jonah versus Not Johnny Swinger. No. And uh, Eddie Edwards versus Steve Macklin. So that match is, has been made. I guess I missed that part. So that's going to be fun. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. I mean, I think that, uh, I mean, our guy Macklin's probably going to take an L in that one. Yeah. Know, because we're starting, we're just pushing this new version of the Eddie character and we got to keep him hot. But um, that should be fun. I would have reversed. I would have had Eddie Edwards fight Rhino on TV next week and then have Eddie Edwards versus Macklin at the pay per view. My, my personal opinion, poor Rhino's barely moving right now. And, 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 to his credit, Rhino is still over with the audience um, because because a lot of people actually recognize him, right? He's pretty, you know, he's famous to wrestling fans, so um, they they love the guy. But guy, whew, that guy is moving around pretty pretty slow right now, so I feel bad for him. Brothers have um, better days. Yeah, uh, and then for sacrifice, we already have the inspiration versus the influence. PCO versus Jonah, Rhino versus Eddie Edwards, uh, Miguel versus something, White versus Shelley. Good Brothers versus Violent by Design and Heath versus Moose. So there you go. What a right, we weird get to our- main event. What's well, a good card, but it's a weird main event, man. I could see uh, Moose getting edged out of that uh, top spot again and uh, Jay White versus Alex Shelley going on last. Good. I could see it. Like, yeah. it's weird. It's weird to go with that as your main event. I can't. <coughs> 
Yeah. Now, Honor No More, uh, Matt, Matt Taven, Mike Bennett, and Kenny King had defeated Rich Swan, Willie Mack, and Chris Saban in what I thought was another really good match. Mm-hmm. Um, match started with a brawl where both teams traded momentum and ring control. Things eventually got under control with Saban running wild over Bennett and Taven. But after some distraction from PCO, OGK managed to cut off Saban. OGK and King kept control over Saban for some minutes until Saban managed to dodge and get some offense on the OGK. Finally tagging in Swan for the hot tag. Swan and Mac immediately started double-teaming Taven with a 3D for a near fall. Matt, Mac hits Swan with a Samoan drop and moonsault combo for another near fall. But after taking down both Tenet and Bennett and Taven, sorry, uh, King ran in and took him down. OGK teamed on Mac and hit the proton pack for the win. Clean. No cheating whatsoever. Um, after the match, Honor No More controlled the ring. Maria introduced Eddie Edwards to join them. Uh, so before we get to the Eddie Edwards promo, what'd you think of the match? I liked it. I liked it. Ring of honor guys know how to work, man. Like this, yeah. this whole thing is good. Like this is, this is good. This is the stuff on impact that I was like really cool on like a year ago. Like the work rate in this company has just gone up dramatically. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that, um, yeah, that with all these new pieces that they've added, yeah. man, it's like, the the bottom the bottom rung of the impact roster is still a very good wrestler and I, I like that. No, I, I'm with you. This is stuff that was really lacking from Ring of Honor the last year. It's just like good foundational like storytelling. Like mm-hmm. a, lot of, a lot of times Ring of Honor was just matches for the sake of matches, and I think they really kind of lost it a little bit as far as like telling good stories go. So this is good. You know, I love the Invader storyline. It's one of my favorites in all of wrestling, and I think they're still still hot, still works. It hasn't felt it doesn't feel played out. No, uh, and I think Eddie Edwards was the perfect guy to turn on Impact um, because he has such a rich history. Mm-hmm. So uh, Maria introduced uh, Eddie Edwards as a triple crown, triple crown champion in Impact and a triple crown champion for, for Ring of Honor. So he's won three titles in both companies. Um, and uh, Edwards came down to the ring. Rich Swan got in his face, but since Demore has ruled that no one can get their hands on Edwards until it's sacrifice, he didn't attack Edwards. Uh, Demore had to come down and send Team Impact to the back before things got out of control. Edwards finally addressed his turn. He said that he understood everyone's anger for being portrayed, but they were all wrong about blaming him. Edwards said that he had known these men for a long time, but he didn't join them because he knew each other. Uh, but along with him, he also felt betrayed by Ring of Honor when they took a hiatus after all the work that he did for Ring of Honor. Uh, Edward said that Honor No More's issues wasn't about Ring of Honor alone, but the whole industry being dishonorable. Uh, he said two years ago, Demore and Impact started allowing people from outside the company to join Impact, but instead of benefiting Impact, they gave Kenny Omega a title shot, and Rich Swan failed to defend the company and allowed Omega to take their title. Edward said that it had to be the Impact roster who had to fix Impact's man- Impact management's problems. Edwards said he waited for his shot after Swan, Callahan, and Moose failed to recapture the title. But instead, Impact Management gave Josh the spot to Josh Alexander. And at that moment, he knew that Impact had lost all their honor and he lost the faith that he had in the company because they showed no faith in him. I'm going to pause right there. He has a very good gripe. Yeah. Very good gripe. I he said that he was – go ahead. I fail to see what makes Eddie the heel in this. <laughs> not, not the heel yet. Uh, he said that he was the heart of impact, but he didn't turn on them. They turned on him long before. And thank you impact wrestling. And thank you, Eddie Edwards. And thank you, Scott Demore, for not saying, for not having Eddie Edwards blame the fans for his you turn. Saying, people. You people. It was because of you people. No, he's blaming management for turning, for not having faith in him. 
uh, and not giving him the shot that he wanted. He said he was the heart of impact, but he didn't turn on them. They turned on him long before. At the end, he joined Honor No More because he gave his life for impact, but impact never gave anything back. Uh, he even um, talked about the time, and we, we brought it up on this show. He actually defeated uh, Good Brothers and Omega in a six-man tag. I think he pinned Anderson or somebody. And we thought that was going to be the catalyst to get him to the, to the title shot. But instead, Omega ends up losing the match to, to Christian Cage. And then he never gets a shot at Omega. Um, and then ultimately, they went ahead and picked Josh for the title shot at Bound for Glory against Christian, uh, which, you know, is kind of curious. So especially now that, you know, we'll find out what's going on with Josh here soon, I'm sure. But um, and then I, I thought this is where everything was going to take a downturn. I thought this was going to be like, OK, this thing is going to go south soon. Alicia Edwards comes out to confront Edwards. Or to confront Eddie, sorry. Uh, they did mention that they had talked about it, but Alicia wasn't happy that Edwards had to come out and make it public. She said that Edwards should be uh, asking for forgiveness from the locker room and the fans. She understood that Edwards wanted to be the savior, but it ended up being Josh Alexander. Very important. She said it ended up being Josh Alexander who won the title back. Um, and then she brought him up a couple more times. So they, they brought him up like four times on the show. Edwards told her that Honor No More was his family now and told Alicia that her place in his family was up to her and whether she was also going to turn her back on him. Edwards walked away with the rest of Honor No More and Alicia stayed in the ring. And roll credits. Thoughts. It's good. It was really good. I wondered how they were going to address that. I wondered if Alicia would turn with Eddie, and I'm glad she didn't. Yeah. Still might. Still might. Yeah, I, I think she does eventually. But I, I, I think I think you're right, but I think they had to address it. I think what we would like not just impact, not just but all of wrestling, sometimes logic gets thrown out the window. Like in characters let the plot like this is one of my pet peeves in writing is um plot driven writing, right? Or plot driven storytelling where the plot tells characters what to do, right? And characters' motivations are based simply on well, the plot needs me to get from A to B. And they don't really make sense. Right. So this was the opposite. We had Eddie Edwards laid out a firm foundation for why he turned and it made complete and total sense. Yep. That's all I asked for in my, in my all storytelling is make your decisions make sense. I was the big critique of all the Vince Russo stuff is moments just happened for the sake of having moments. They didn't, he didn't care if they made sense. Like this was logical storytelling. And all based on, and it seems I'm not going to give them total credit with that because we, again, a year ago thought that, you know, we're going to build Eddie. Eddie's going to be the most logical challenger and it didn't happen. And I don't think it was, I don't think this was down the line, the plan. No, I do think that they took advantage of where they were because wrestling is very different art form. Like wrestling is super organic in the fact that you have an idea of where to go, but things change because of lots of reasons. Like COVID is a great example of it, or, you know, ring of honor getting shut down and everyone getting released. So you roll with the punches and you take, you take the elements that are there. Like, I think we might've gotten this Eddie heel turn anyway. I think that might've been coming, but now with his, his history with ring of honor, by the way, Eddie Edwards also a global honor crown champion. Oh yeah. Much better than Kizuyuki Vegeta. So, um, <laughs> just gonna, not that I'm bitter. Um, yeah, I, I, I like, man, I really like this. I thought this was great. Yeah. I'm far more interested in Eddie Edwards right now than I have been in well over a year. It's, it's been a long time since I've been interested in Eddie Edwards. I, not that, and nothing against him, but I just never felt like he had a story that I could sink my teeth into. It's been a long time since he had that. His not matches since, are always, his matches yeah. are always good. Because he's a very good wrestler. Not since the Sammy Callahan feud, right? 
Yeah, no, the one where I, he I agree. Face broke. Yeah, and I think that uh, at some point Eddie turned into Tommy Dreamer, which mm-hmm. I don't, I don't like. I've never been a fan of uh, like he got he, when the face got broke. He kind of came back with a new look, new attitude, and it's been fine. It gave him, it breathed some new life in him. But I think it's time for something else. I liked his little. Uh, I don't know if this was on purpose, but I liked his little Harvey Dent Two Face jacket tonight. Oh yeah. That, that was really cool. I yeah. like that. I don't know if it was on purpose, but I, I that's the first thing I thought of when I saw it. So it was good, man. I thought I thought he did a great job today. I thought he cut one hell of a promo. I really do. Yeah. I, best promo I've ever heard from Eddie, uh, mm-hmm. honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I thought he nailed his first heel promo, and I'm really excited to see where this goes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that tonight's episode of Impact, again, another story-driven episode. I'm going to go ahead and give a big thumbs up here. I really enjoyed the show. Agreed. I would have given a thumbs up to it if nothing else happened after uh, after the cell phones. I was, <laughs> I was on board after that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, guys. Well, hey, uh, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, stick around. Uh, you're going to get the uh, Patreon a version of my personal no surrender review. Um, it's about uh, 30 minutes of me riffing on no surrender just immediately after I finished watching it. Uh, but Patreon members stick around. We're actually going to uh, talk about uh, a new free agent that just hit the market and uh, whether or not that that person will be a uh, earmarked for impact wrestling. One Cody. member of the wrestling media, Cody one Rose. member of the wrestling media is thinking that it could happen. I, I will, we'll, we'll see. We'll play that one by ear. Cody Rhodes. Go ahead. We're about, talk Cody Rhodes. We're talking about Cody Rhodes. Oh, Oh no, me and me and Kevin riffed on Rhodes uh, last week. If there is a Rhodes that's going to be joining Impact, the name's not going to be Cody. We'll, we'll get more into that since uniting it's a the name of the contract. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, Patreon members, stick around. We're going to talk some news. Everybody else, we'll talk to you next week. Now it's Brace for Impact, and I'm your host, Mike Gilbert. And we're going solo on that ass, but it's still the same. We're talking Impact Wrestling's No Surrender. Uh, we had a we had a very 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 good show tonight. We had uh, you know top to bottom, I would say good good to great matches. Nothing was really like bad on the show. I think there was one match that didn't really live up to expectations. Um, really one one bad finish on the show. Uh, we had uh, you know two really really hot angles. One of which the um, the Jay White turning on the Gorillas of Destiny. Uh, you know, that one is kind of setting the wrestling world abuzz, man. That's a huge impact. Uh, that's a huge New Japan angle that's playing over on uh, on Impact Wrestling, which really goes to show you that the uh, the relationship between New Japan and Impact is extremely strong right now. Um, I, that's, that's quite impressive considering, you know, hey, not that long ago, New Japan wanted nothing to do with them. They, you know, they wanted nothing to do with Impact whatsoever. But now we've got, you know, you know, New Japan stars all over at Impact. Impact TV. We have uh, New Japan on Access TV following Impact, and the, now the you know one of the bigger angles of, uh, that New Japan has had in, in a while, which you know is incredible. The Gorillas of Destiny, which has been a staple in the Bullet Club since since forever, man. Um, and uh, now now they're out of the Bullet Club, and then we also got the big turn, the big turn that a lot of us saw coming um, with Eddie Edwards. Turning on Team Impact and uh, joining Honor No More. It looks like he's going to be the leader of that faction. You know, it, on TV, they made it so obvious that at one point we thought that maybe maybe that that wasn't going to be the case. Maybe, maybe it was going to be somebody else. 
You know, I think some people thought that maybe it would have been Steve Macklin that would have done the turn. I think they were looking at him. Um, some folks had named like Ian Riccoboni somehow was getting thrown into this, that maybe he would be uh, so, somehow, you know, orchestrating all these hit jobs and these people getting laid out in the back. But no, it was uh, it was Eddie all along, which is what we originally had thought. And uh, um, <clears throat> I, I know some some there was actually like only one person that I saw online uh, in the media space that was even remotely disappointed in that. I think everybody else uh, rather enjoyed it. You know, sometimes and I, I told JD this and, uh, you know, sometimes the most obvious answer is the best answer. The most obvious angle is the best angle. And uh, I, I thought this was the the absolute best way to go. I really like how it played out. And uh, and we're going to go ahead and, and get it, get into all of that. So the show started off with the, the countdown to no surrender. Uh, it was uh, X Division champion Trey Miguel. He defeated John Schuyler in a non-title match. Pr- pretty good match. Uh, people are still kind of filing into the building at this point. And then we got uh, Havoc uh, with Rosemary defeated Tennille Dashwood uh, with the influence. Uh, this one was, um, you know... if. If you didn't watch it, I don't worry about it. <laughs> don't go back and uh, and try to figure this one out. Uh, I I'd go ahead and just pass that one uh, on up. But um, as far as the crowd goes, our our friend from the Fight Game Media Facebook group, uh, Brady Childs, he actually was there in the crowd tonight. Uh, Impact was holding a contest that if you went to this local pizza establishment called Mo's Pizzeria and took a selfie there then you could enter a contest to win free tickets now this this they held this contest i think like a week or two ago um and nobody really got in on i think one person actually replied with a selfie at that pizza place and so brady was like well screw it he he was able to to get over there and he uh, he went to the pizza place. He took a selfie and showed impact. And then they never got back to him. And I, I just remember he DM'd me. I was like, dude, just just go, bro. Just just go. Just walk in. I like this. This show did not sell well. Uh, there were still many many tickets uh, available right up until showtime. And I was like, just just go, and they'll probably just let you in. And sure enough, he went. He told the guard that uh, <laughs> that he entered this contest, um, and they said, "Oh yeah, go ahead and come on in." And they didn't even ask for any kind of proof. So <laughs> that's how that's how well the show sold. I, you know, they had they had some problems because uh, it's Carnival Week there in New Orleans, and a lot of people are just focused on you know just drinking and partying and doing all the different festivals, and you know, and I'm sure they got live music everywhere, and uh, the Alario Center. Is is on is in a suburb of New Orleans, so um, it actually would take if you lived in the city, it would take you quite a bit of time to get over there because of all the bad traffic that's going on right now. Because there's so many people in that area, um, so they didn't they didn't really sell tickets well, but they were able to fill up the venue quite a bit. Um, he, he said that uh, it, it looked it looked pretty good for the most part. They did block off some some sections, but uh, on television it looked really good, and then the crowd was hot for everything. So um, so kudos to Impact for being able to fill in all those seats and I know that they uh, they gave away a lot of tickets for the TV tapings that's coming up tonight um, and uh, so they're taping the next two weeks of television tonight and a lot of the, a lot of that's going to be papered but what that means is that I think a lot of it's going to be full if it has a lot of the same people that were there tonight and I hope that they are they are you know just as loud as they were uh, last night so uh, should be a fun couple of uh, episodes coming up here of Impact but so uh, Chapel Heart they are a, a, a country music I guess trio uh, three singing girls uh, they open the show they, they have been doing some shows with uh, Mickey James 
Mickey sings with them a lot, so they're her friends. They opened the show. They sang the Star Spangled Banner. That was kind of nice. I Impact doesn't really do the national anthem stuff very often, so it's kind of cool to have that little change of pace. Uh, and then we got the opening match. It was uh, Jake Something defeating Chris Bay, Ace Austin, and Speedball Mike Bailey to become the X Division number one contender. Um, I loved this match. This match was just nonstop. It was a complete sprint, old school. TNA X Division opener. Um, I, I don't think that you could have asked for a better match to open the show. Just uh, ton, tons of fun. And Jake something, man, getting the win. And what that tells me is his uh, his contract was expiring this month, and there has been no announcement made. And I have not seen anybody, any of the members of the media post this. But, I mean, you have to wonder, like... Since he won this match and now he's the number one contender, he has to be re-signed, right? I mean, it makes sense. He he just beat Chris Bay on television two weeks ago, um, and now and now he's winning here. I it makes all the sense in the world. He has to be he has to be resigned. Uh, I I couldn't really explain it any other way. Uh, but we'll go ahead and go here to the finish. Uh, Bay hit a big plancha on Austin, but the pin got broken up by a shooting star press from Bailey. Uh, something hit the corner spear on Bailey, but Austin blocked the void slam, and instead Austin and Bailey hit a double super kick. Bay hit an art of finesse on Bailey, uh, but Austin saved the pin. Austin took out Bay mid springboard, but he went for the fold on something. Something caught him, turned it into the void, and got the pin. And uh, and a fantastic opener. I really loved this. And then we go to Eric Young. He's cutting a promo on, <clears throat> about being the best all-around professional wrestler the business has ever seen. Um, as far as being the best ever, uh, you know, I, I guess you can make that argument, but I would say he's probably the most underrated uh, all-around professional wrestler. The guy can do everything, and this was a great promo and, uh, and a cool vignette. Um, and then next we go to uh, Jonah defeating Black Taurus, and uh, this is a good, fun uh, a Haas match. I thought this was going to be one of the matches of the night, and it wasn't, but it doesn't mean it was bad. I, th- I still think that it was, you know, very good. Um, if uh, if the opening match was like, you know, three and three-quarter to four stars, uh, you know, I would say this was probably like three and a quarter, three and a half stars, however you do your star ratings. Um, but uh, Jonah got the big victory over here. Um Jonah and Taurus, uh, they, you know, they traded strikes and body blocks, but at the end, Taurus connected with a corner 619 and a top rope, a twisting senton for a near fall. Taurus went for a Frankensteiner, but Jonah dodged, pressed Taurus off, and caught him with a second top that's press and a powerbomb for a two count. One clothesline and the tsunami later, Jonah got the win. Good Haas fight. Uh, very good Haas fight. Uh, I, I recommend going out of your way to see this one, too. Uh, and then in the back, this was awkward and just weird, and I, I, don't, I don't think they needed to do this, but I think that they're trying to, you know, they obviously, a lot of the media is watching tonight, so they I think they want to drive some more, uh, some more viewership over to their television show, which makes sense, but I just didn't think this was very good. Uh, Miller interviewed Jake something, uh, and she asked him if he thought he had what it took to defeat Trey Miguel, which is one of the dumber questions you can ask a wrestler. Hey, do you think you have a chance of winning? Why else would he be there? <laughs> it makes no sense, but something said that uh, the current X Division is one of the best rosters ever, and he just defeated three of them. Uh, Trey Miguel walked up and said he has no plans on losing the title. Duh. Uh, then Ace Austin walked up and uh, messed around with uh, both something and Miguel, um, and uh, now they set up a tag match for TV uh, with uh, something and Miguel versus Austin and Fulton. And the next week we went, so, you know, Impact opened hard to kill with just back to back to back real good matches and they're doing it here too uh we go to switchblade jay white defeating eric young um and i I think that eric 
you know, I've already said it. He's one of the most underrated performers in all of professional wrestling. And uh, for, to see him get in there with one of the top stars in the entire industry and really show out, I, I thought was really cool. And uh, I like babyface Jay White here. Um, he he looked he looked great. Um, so we'll, we'll go we'll go here towards the end. Uh, White hit a twisting suplex for a near fall, but couldn't follow up with the Blade Runner. E White came back with a DDT and a couple clotheslines and a high angle DVD for the near fall. Both men reached a stalemate at this point, which could which uh, follow which only could be followed up with a chop exchange. So they did exchange a bunch of chops, and then uh, E White got the better of the exchange. He knocked White out of the ring, and then White comes back. They keep going back and forth, uh, White, and then uh, White cut him off before EY could capitalize. Nonetheless, EY dropped White and hit the elbow for a two count. And then White hit another Uranagi, and then followed by a Saito suplex and a flat liner on the apron, and then White went for a German on the apron, but EY blocked. So instead, both men trade uh, eye rakes. Um, EY then hits uh, Jay White with a pile driver on the ring apron. Um... And then EY went for uh, went for another pile driver, but but White rolled him up for a near fall. EY attempted again, but White turned it into a half and half suplex and the Blade Runner for the win. Uh, really good match. Um, Garza here, the guy from the Observer, says surprisingly competitive, but I don't think that he understands the world that he's covering because uh, you know Eric Young is an Impact legend and they do really treat him well. They treat him as such, and I think that he deserves that treatment. So um, and uh, they were really you know. Demore and Eric Young are lifelong friends, and I, I could see Demore just being proud to be able to give his friend a, a big spot like this. So even if it was just the third match on the card, um, it was one of the better matches on the show. Uh, then we go backstage again. Another awkward segment, just uh, weird stuff here. But Austin asked Mike Bailey to tag with him next week, so he's been trying to manipulate Mike Bailey on TV for weeks to be his friend. Um, and so Bailey rejected it first, but uh, looks like uh, the match is actually going to be Miguel and Jake something versus Ace Austin and Mike Bailey. So we're gonna they're we're gonna get towards a a Mike Bailey Ace Austin match, which I love, but um, they're getting to it in a weird way. Um, and then next, we have the Champ Champ Challenge uh, with uh, Diona Perrazzo. She is the uh, Reina de Reina's champion for AAA, uh, who actually had another show tonight, too. And um, the number one contender for the title is actually now Taya Valkyrie. She won a match in AAA to become the number one contender. Um, and... Uh, so she was defending either her AAA title or her Ring of Honor title, and it was an open challenge match. Uh, and uh, none other than Miranda Alize came out to accept the challenge, and she chose the Ring of Honor uh, title to challenge for. Um, and uh, poor Miranda Alize. Like, I know who she is, but when she was on Impact before, she was an extra. And then she ended up going to Ring of Honor, and um, she was actually in the finals for the Ring of Honor women's. They restarted the Ring of Honor women's division. She was in the finals um, for that tournament against Roxy. Lost in a very good match, but she came out here, and unfortunately for her, man, nobody knew who she was. So uh, I knew who she was, and some of the viewers on TV did, but nobody in the audience did. She got that uh, that No Way Out 1998 Savio Vega pop. And I think a lot of people were were hoping for one of the WWE women that had recently been released, some of which have been actually talking about, not they haven't really been talking about coming to Impact, but they've been talking about challenging Perrazzo. You know, Tegan Knox just recently did, and then of course I predicted, and obviously was wrong, um, Athena. I thought Athena, aka Ember Moon, would, would actually be the one to um, accept this challenge, but she was actually at an indie show last night, so she had something else going on. 
But you know th- this match was this match was fine. It was okay. Um, at no point did anybody ever think that uh, Alize had a shot, and I think that might have hurt it. And plus, not a lot of people in the audience knew who Alize was. But the action was was pretty good. Um, we'll go to the end here. Both women traded strikes until Alize dropped Perrazzo with a running knee for a two count. Perrazzo came back with a suplex, but when she went for a queen's gambit, Alize blocked, hit a knee, locked in the Miranda rights, and uh, Perrazzo rolled Alize over, locked in the Venus de Milo, and immediately tapped out Alize. So this was um, this was a, a weird one where she didn't actually have it like all the way locked in she was going she had the one arm trapped and then she was going for the second arm and as she was going for the second arm alizé just started tapping so um i thought that was strange but um it was a good match though um then we go back miller interviewed uh, chapel Hart about being there supporting mickey james and then mickey james comes up and then chelsea green approached them too james offered green another shot down the line once she's done with steals so i i said you know this week on our show brace for impact that all of this stuff, even with Tasha Steeles, um, this stuff between Chelsea and Mickey, it's all leading towards a Chelsea and Mickey match. And uh, we're, we're going to get that eventually. And then next, we go to the Impact Digital Media World Champion, Matt Cardona, defeating Jordan Grace by DQ. And I talked about a, a disappointing match, and this was a personal disappointment for me. Not that the action in the match was bad or anything, but uh, the DQ just rubbed me the wrong way. Um, Impact has been better at not doing a ton of DQs lately. They're not like WWE bad, um, but I just felt like this spot, they didn't need to do it. And I know they want to do another match with Grace, um, and so that's why they did it. But you know, maybe they could have had, you know, a match on television, not in the main event or anything, but had a match on television where they played this angle and then it could lead to one of these bigger events like a no surrender or like a sacrifice to where they actually, you know, can can finish this feud. But um, they're they're going to get one more match out of this. So, um, but the crowd was really into it, man. The crowd was into both these folks. Uh, Cardona's over as hell, man. And uh, Jordan Grace was super, super popular, super babyface. Uh, they worked well together. They have actually really good chemistry. At one point, uh, what really impressive is <laughs> Jordan Grace um, hit a deadlift suplex. Um, not a German, but it's just like a normal suplex, a deadlift version on Cardona. And Cardona, man, is a horse, dude. That dude is huge. And so for her to be able to do that was uh, was incredible. But uh, Cardona tried to block a dive with a chair like the first match. So a call back to the first match, but instead Grace kicked the chair onto Cardona. Grace went to use the chair, but the referee took it away and her emotions allowed Cardona to take her down once again. Now it was Cardona who had the chair, but after the referee didn't do anything, Grace low blowed Cardona and got herself DQ'd. After the match, Grace used the chair on uh, Cardona's back. So still some heat there. We'll probably get a match either on TV or in two weeks on uh, Sacrifice over there in Louisville, Kentucky. So they're keeping this one going. Uh, Jim Miller interviewed Tasha Steeles about her upcoming match. Steeles said that she's always been confident, and she did her really, really funny uh, Southern voice. Uh, well, that was pretty good. She's always really good at that. Um, but she's confident that tonight is the last night that James gets to call herself a champion. And then suddenly they're interrupted by someone who screamed for help after finding that Eddie Edwards... The aforementioned Edwards had been taken out. So this is where they they started to plant the seeds. This was the final seed being planted. Uh, Eddie is no longer going to be in the match. So they're going to have to find a replacement. Uh, Impact World Tag Team Champions, the Good Brothers, defeated the Gorillas of Destiny to retain the titles. Um, this was a big match. I've been wanting to see this match for a long time. I called for it like a year ago. Um, I'd been predicting that it was going to happen. And I, if you predict something so long enough, eventually it might even come true. And I think that's kind of what happened uh, for me. Um, but um, 
So Tomatonga dropped Anderson with a rolling thunder and a plancha, but only got a two count. Um, and there was some miscommunication when uh, Chris Bay came down and distracted the referee, um, uh, but instead distracted Loa, who ate a choke slam by Gallows. And then suddenly Jay White sneaks into the ring while the referee's being distracted because Tonga Loa was out was was outside. So he's checking on Loa, who had just gotten choke slammed because he was being distracted by Chris Bay. Um, suddenly Jay White sneaks into the ring, hits the Blade Runner on Tama Tonga, and then Gallows and Anderson run into the ring, hit the magic killer on the on uh, G.O.D. and uh, the Good Brothers. Gallows and Anderson retain the titles. And then after the match, Jay White, Bay, and the Good Brothers give the two sweet as they're standing over Tama Tonga's broken body. And uh, the Good Brothers are actually standing like they put a foot on him. It was uh, it was it was pretty crazy. Uh, just a hell of an angle. The match was good. Um, the Good Brothers have been phoning it in for like the last year, I would say, like ever since they lost the titles to Finjuice, and then they they got them back. There has really been nothing interesting about them. And I think now there's something interesting because, you know, it looks like we're going to have Jay White on TV more. And they're with the Good Brothers. The Good Brothers are always better when they're a part of a faction. And uh, they can be heaters for a, a an incredible heel. And, and Jay White is that. And, so, and then I like young Chris Bay being aligned with them. I like this version of the, the Bullet Club. I really dug the angle, kicking out G.O.D. And, uh, you know, obviously we're going to get a good blood feud going between the Good Brothers and the G.O.D. The, that's uh, That will we'll probably cross over into New Japan as well. I could see them going over into New Japan as things start to open up a little bit. Hell, in California, they lifted our mask mandate. And in our county, you know, you can just go to the store now, no masks. So, um, and this is California, man. So we're really strict over here. So uh, hopefully, hopefully Japan opens up soon and, you know, they can... And they can have matches in both companies. I think that would be awesome. Uh, next, we got the Knockouts champion Mickey James defeating Tasha Steeles. Um, this this was a good match. I you know I have not been impressed with any of the work that they've been doing on TV recently with this feud, but I I I really did I I enjoyed this one. Um, you know the. <laughs> The only thing that I really didn't care for, but it wasn't too egregious, was the interference. So we go back in the ring. Steels has the upper hand, but James tried to fight back and got some offense in before Steels once again dropped over the kick. James came back with strikes and uh, failed to see if it was a. Um, she came back with strikes and then she low blowed Steels, which if you're a guy gets you disqualified. But um, sexist meant plague. Girls get to do it, no problem. But after a couple of clotheslines, James had Steels down for the top rope that's pressed for a two count. James took out. Uh, so Savannah Evans gets up on the apron. James took her out, but the distraction gave Steels the opening for a cutter. And then Chelsea Green ran down and uh, brawled with Evans. Both women teased their signature moves, but after some back and forth uh, and O'Connor O'Con- o- roll attempts. Uh, James got a clutch on steals and got the win. A uh, good match, um, but um, I-, I didn't think that we needed the interference. I, you know, Chelsea was actually on the ring and you know, James threw steals into Chelsea and that's how she ended up getting the, the roll up for the win. Um, so it's clear, it's clear that Tasha was becoming an afterthought here. And that's what I don't like about it. They could have just had a match and let him tear down the house and then 
on TV continued the the Chelsea Mickey stuff. I don't I didn't think that you needed that here, but I know that they feel like that's their money. That is Chelsea versus Mickey, and it looks like Chelsea's going to become like this obsessed fan, um, which is a story they tried to play out in WWE, but they never could get it done. Um, they ended up dropping the whole thing, so that's going to be playing out here at Impact, and so um, should should lead to something coming up at uh, Rebellion. I'm, I'm guessing anyway. Now we go to uh, Impact World Champion Moose defeating W. Morrissey to retain the title. Uh, Brian Myers joined commentary. Um, I gotta say, I loved this match. It wasn't the match of the night. It wasn't the best match of the night. But if I'm giving out star ratings, I'm going four or higher on this one. You know, I love, I love the big hosses. These are two big hosses. Uh, and when you get with the big hosses, a little bit of sloppiness, but I think that's okay. Um, because they made up for it in trauma and action. It was kind of a WWE style world heavyweight title match. And what I mean by that is they were hitting finisher moves like early, like Moose really early into the match actually started hitting his uh his lights out. So he landed an early two surprise lights out early in the match. Um, but then Morrissey ended up rolling out of the ring and uh, they brawled all over the all around the ring. They had some table spots and um and all kinds of action. And then Moose just his his athleticism was just on full display here. Um the match finally so after they brawled around the ring and they hit uh they hit, went through some tables, match finally went back into the ring where Morrissey went for another BOE, but Moose reversed into a Rana and uh, and a drop kick. They exchanged chops and went back to clotheslines. Moose did a really weird flip off the clothesline. So I think, so when I said sloppiness, I think that um, it was an it was supposed to be an attempted reversal, um, but it got jacked up. It still looked cool. <laughs> so um, Moose came back with a third lights out, but Morrissey was under the ropes, and then uh, Morrissey hit the BQE, but. But Moose also had his foot under the ropes. Uh, Moose blocked another BQE, went for a jumping superplex, couldn't ca- and then but couldn't capitalize for the pin. So this was cool. So they were like up on the up on the ropes. He was going for a, a um, not a he was going for a top rope suplex, right? Um, but gets blocked, and then Morrissey gets all the way up onto the top ropes, and then this is where Moose is super like springboarding, getting all the way up there, and then they're both stand like these two huge monsters, both standing on the top rope, and then they do the superplex and um, for for a near fall. Um, but then afterwards, Moose kipped up, hit a fourth lights out, and got the victory. It was uh, it was chaotic. It was awesome. It was just uh, I won. You know, my second favorite match of the night. Easy, my second favorite match of the night. And Moose looked incredible. And, and Morrissey, for his part, did too. I, I thought this was, like, whoever put this match together, I thought did a, did a really good job. Um, you know, despite some of the sloppiness, and the people are saying that Moose might have been hurt early, um, and that, that could have led to some of it, but I, I just thought everything was great. Um, I don't mind a little bit of sloppiness in the, with the big guys, man. It doesn't have to be a dance. It doesn't have to be so choreographed. I, I think that, I thought it was great. Um, and then we go to the main event, which is my match of the night. Um, not, not because of the angle that played out, but man, this was just nonstop action. Just everybody hitting big moves, all kinds of big moves, big moves to the outside, big moves on the inside. Great storytelling. You know, Honor No More played awesome, awesome heels, except PCO. He's a, whatever he does, he gets, uh, he gets cheered, man. But I thought he looked great in the match. Um, and so uh, we didn't even get to this, but uh, Willie Mack returned and he ended up uh, replacing Eddie Edwards, which is funny because he was actually booked 
for the AAA show last night, and he no-showed that one. Uh, or there was obviously a scheduling conflict, and he was here at his real job, which is Impact Wrestling. But AAA, I guess, had him advertise. I talked to Lucha Blog about that, and, and uh, we made the joke that he just kind of forgot which company he was supposed to be working for, and uh, and he was a surprise partner. He was supposed to be a, a surprise partner in AAA, but he was, ended up being a surprise partner here in, uh, here in Impact. And so, um, so this is where the angle hits. So after like tons of big moves, everybody hitting the dives to the outside. At one point, um, both, this was really cool. At one point, um, Willie Mack and Rich Swan were being held on the ring apron, right? So their, their heads are exposed onto the ring apron and, and they're being held by OGK and then PCO went to the top rope and hit his flipping senton onto both of them. And then uh, OGK pulls them out to where they're, they're dangling off of the apron by their feet, right? And they're being held up. And then Vincent hits another flipping senton on top of them. And I thought Vincent was really cool. He's a great character. I love that guy. Um, but, you know, after all that, Mac- Macklin accidentally took out the referee after King tossed, uh, tossed him into the referee. The match will continue with everyone hitting dives on each other, one after another. Uh, PCO dropped the reanimator on both Mac and Swan, which is what I just talked about, followed by Vince's red rum. Um, and at this point, everyone is out on the floor. Uh, then a brawl exploded. PCO, of course, hit a PCO salt and took everybody out. The referee is still down. So the referee was, you know, you, I think he got shot or something. <laughs> but, but like Macklin, you know, hit him. Knocked him out to the outside, but you know he was in a coma for a while. Uh, back in the ring, you know, wrestling logic. Back in the ring, Rhino went for a gore, but Maria protected Bennett. And then suddenly, Eddie ran. Uh, Eddie Edwards ran down with a kendo stick, and this was the big like the moment that he came out with the kendo stick. You knew exactly what's happening. He's teasing, hitting Maria with it, and Rhino's cheering him on. And then of course, Rhino goes to gore Maria, and then Edwards just smashes uh, Rhino instead. Edwards turned on Team Impact, then he takes out everybody with a kendo stick and allowed Kenny King to pin Rhino for the win. Um, Great match, great action, tons of chaos. Um, And Eddie Edwards, uh, he's a Ring of Honor guy. Uh, he's backed with his Ring of Honor crew, and he finally turned heel. And this is something that he's been needing for a long time because I've, I've been feeling like forever that this guy has just been bland on television. Um, and we finally, finally, finally got a good heel turn out of him. So, uh, you know, like I said, top to bottom, you know, uh, uh, an incredible card, uh, two really big angles, great matches all up and down the show, uh, only slight disappointment in one of the matches. Um, and then in the Chelsea Green, or not Chelsea Green, but uh, in the Mickey James Hosha Steels, the Chelsea stuff didn't really work for me. Um, but again, that wasn't really bad and it wasn't too egregious. So I, I, I really did. I enjoyed just about everything on the show. Uh, and I wanted to shout out to Tom Hannafin and uh, Matthew Raywall. Uh, I thought they did an incredible job and shout out to the crowd man um, I know a lot of them were really excited because they probably got in for free so good for them but uh, they, they went and they um, and they had fun man and they were loud the whole night so good for them uh, great great show all up and down I'm excited to see what's coming up on the tapings um, starting tonight I'm hoping not to get any of the spoilers, but you know what? What can you do? Sometimes that just happens. But uh, hey, uh, until uh, we meet again, folks. Thank you for listening. I I, I apologize. JD's not here. Uh, he is on the road with his wrestling team. I know they kick some ass there in their wrestling tournament uh, on the road. So good, good for them. He's got a bunch of good kids over there, and he's a great coach too. So uh, so shout out to JD and his wrestling team, and shout out to all of our 
Patreon faithful, the BFI chat. Shout out to, to all the homies um, that were chatting along with me there during the show last night. Um, and I'm glad that everybody enjoyed it. And until next time, mahalo.